Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. We're in the season of getting our hearts in a position, in alignment, we could say, with God so that they are a platform for him to, to bless us and, and favor us. That's what the Bible says, that as we put him first, then he'll give us everything else. And so that's what we're doing in this season. In fact, I don't know if you realize this or not, but in uh, 2 Chronicles 16, 9, the Bible says that God right now, he's scanning the earth. He's searching, his eyes are searching to and fro. It says, looking for someone whose heart is upright towards him so that he can strengthen them, so that he can reveal himself as strong in their, their life. I'm wondering if anybody in here today needs God to show up strong in their life. So he's looking, he's looking, he's, he's looking for those that hearts are in a position because he puts so much weight on our heart. I don't know if you realize this, but we have a, a physical heart, but we also have a spiritual heart. So in this season, we're doing all that we can to focus on him, to get our hearts right. So we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're also coming together on Wednesday nights and worshiping and praying and seeking God. And, and I know you've been standing for a while now, uh, but if you could just hang on there for a few more minutes, I wanna read our text today. Uh, is everybody okay? Can you stand for a couple? If not, sit down. Don't, don't hurt yourself. But in uh, Genesis chapter 26, I'm going to read 10 verses. And it's a little bit longer of a passage than what we normally do. But I just feel like God has something to say to us in his word today. And we're going to read 10 verses. So let's just say it's one verse for each year that we've been at church. Come on, we're almost at our 10-year anniversary. That's awesome. But it says this in verse 12, Isaac, this would be the Isaac, the son of Abraham, the father of the faith. Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. How many of you know every good and perfect gift that you have comes from your father above? It's all from him and it belongs to him. He says this, and the man became rich and his wealth continued to grow. He became very wealthy. He has so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells, somebody shout wells. The wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with dirt. So they put earth inside of them. Talk about a, a jerk move by the Philistines, right? Says this, then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there, not to be confused with Gerard, all right? That's a completely different climate, all right? Not even close. Isaac reopened the well. Somebody say reopened. He reopened the wells. I'm praying that God would reopen some things in our life today that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names as his father had given him. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there, living water. That's what we're after. But the herders of Gerar, they quarreled with those of Isaac's and said, this water is ours. 
So he named the well Essek because they disputed with him. The Hebrew word for dispute is Asik. And so it's kind of a, a play on words that says this, then they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one also. So he named it Sitna. It's like, come on, people of Gerar, what's up with you? Sitna means opposition. And so we have these two wells so far. Essek means dispute and Sitna opposition. And he moved on from there and dug another well and no one quarreled over it. He named it Rehoboth. Somebody shout Rehoboth. Rehoboth, these, these three wells are, are gonna be important later on. Saying, now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. Rehoboth means place of room, wide open spaces. And I believe God wants to lead us into these, these, these places of wide open space so that he can accomplish what he wants to accomplish in our life. However, there needs to be a reopening of sorts in our lives. I'm calling this message today, clogged arteries, clogged arteries. God, I pray that right now you would speak to us through your word, that it would come alive. God, we know it's living and it's active. And so God, it has the ability to, to meet us right where we are and connect our hearts, but also to challenge us and convict us and help us grow. And so the last thing we need to do, God, is, is hear from Colby. We need to hear from you through your word that you've already given us. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would make clear to us today the words on these pages that is our only authority that we've been given for life. It's in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Now you can have a seat. Now you can have a seat. Thank you, Ben, for leading us. Hey, don't go far, my, my brother. Because we're going we're gonna to spend some extra time at the end of this in worship. I, I'm, I'm intentionally keeping this shorter so that we can really lean in in this season to preparing our heart for all that God wants to do. But write this down. If you don't know it already, resistance is required for growth. And growth will always bring resistance. Resistance is required for growth. Now, we know this intuitively. We don't necessarily always phrase it this way, but we understand that in order to grow, it's going to take some resistance. I was thinking about this and about my, my boys. Now, when they were infants, fortunately now they're, they're not infants anymore. In fact, I have a 16-year-old and that's crazy. Actually, what's really crazy is how much insurance costs for a 16-year-old to drive a car. That's awful right there. Pray for me. But... When they were infants, do you remember uh, when, when, when there's a newborn, their, their heads are like little bobble heads, right? Because they're huge. Their heads are huge on these tiny little bodies. And so it's kind of like gravity's always pulling them down. And so they're trying to, and I never liked the first few months of my, my infant's life. I mean, I love my children, but I just, I was always afraid of their head. You had to support their head, support their neck. And then they, then they also have that soft spot on top, which that, that creeped me out all the time. I don't want to touch that thing. And so, um, but they have the, the, the resistance brought on by the gravity, right? So their neck muscles would, would strengthen. Otherwise, if there was no resistance, then they'd be a, a BHFL, a bobblehead for life, all right? And that's not good. And so, so resistance is required for growth. The same is true in education, that's why we go to school, is it not? That's why we're challenged. That's why we have teachers instructing us. That's why we have exams. And that's why we have, have homework because resistance is required for growth. I remember um, when I was in seminary getting a syllabus of all the stuff I would have to read 
and write and all the research that I'd have to do. And in my mind, I'm going, this is resistance. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to do it. This was going to be a new muscle, all this research and trying to un- make, you know, wrap my head around some understanding that was way above my pay grade and still is, you know, in a lot of levels. And so um, resistance, though, is required for, for growth. And that resistance that that work created would, would build a muscle in me that I would benefit from later on. Are you with me? The same is true in, in working out. That's why you work out. And a lot of you decided, you know, this is the year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work out. That's my resolution. I'm gonna get, you know, I'm gonna get swole. I'm just gonna get cut up. And then, you know, here we are two weeks into it and you're like, nah, I'm good with where I am. And so I understand that. But it's the whole purpose of working out. The resistance on those muscles is needed for them to grow, for them to strengthen, for them to develop. And so we all understand this But how many of you know it's true in your spiritual life as well? That resistance is required for your growth. And I don't want us to launch into this new season, this this new year, which I love a a new year. I love a fresh start, a clean slate. But I don't want us to, to launch into that season without taking the time to get our spiritual hearts in a healthy place. Because we have a physical heart, you know, we understand that, but we also have a a spiritual heart. In fact, your physical heart is one of the strongest muscles that you have. I was looking at the top five, you know, strongest muscles that we have in our body and our heart. is one of the strongest, it's by far the hardest working. Look at this, it beats on average 100,000 times a day. Your heart does, like automatically. It it beats uh, 3.6 million times a year. And in the the average lifespan of like a 70-year-old, it would beat 2.5 billion times. That's how incredible and how crucial our heart is. Obviously, we know that to our our life. If you just want, you know, this is bonus material, but if you want to know the other strong muscles, you have the masseter, which is your your jaw, in your jaw that that you can bite down 265 pounds of pressure. That's crazy, right? They can bite someone's finger off, like literally, you could do that. Uh, Followed by your soleus, which is part of your calf muscle. You know what I'm talking about, coach? You get some ups with a soleus. It makes you, you dunk. I can't dunk. I never could. Um, and then followed by the biggest muscle in your body, which is your gluteus maximus. Back that thing up, right? And so after that, guys, you don't even get into the top five because the next strongest one is the uterus. And so women, we got, you got us beat, right? And all the moms would go, yeah, it's a strong Muscle, but you also have a, a, a spiritual heart, not just a physical heart that we have to work out and, and, and have endurance, you know, and get healthy in our life, but our spiritual heart as well. And the Bible tells us that everything flows out of it. In fact, it says it is the wellspring of our, our life, that everything comes out of Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence. Some say vigilance, for out of it is a wellspring of life. Above all else, the the NIV says, guard your heart for everything flows from it. Our heart is critical. In fact, God says that he knows your heart, that man sees the outward appearance, but the Lord knows the heart. So he knows the the depths of your soul. He knows the depths of your, your heart. In fact, I'll just read this. You can do a cursory search of the word heart in your, your version Bible app and you'll find this, it says, seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. 
In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Above all else, guard your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart. Search me, O God, know my heart. Create in me a pure heart. Delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. For where your treasure is, there also is your, your heart. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Can you see how important the heart is? Are you following me? In fact, the Bible says that out of the heart, the mouth will speak. And so when people say, well, you don't know my heart, well, that's just dumb. Because what your mouth is full of is an indication of what your heart is full of. Are you with me? And so all that to say, all that to say that our spiritual heart is a critical component on our faith journey. And as we head into this new season without, we don't want to go there without addressing the very thing that our life flows from our, our heart because you and I will face resistance. If we're looking for greater growth in this season, which my hope is, is you really are, then understand greater growth comes with resistance. And I don't want us to get to that place of resistance in our life and think, well, God's not for me. Well, God must be against me. Well, God must not care about me or must, God must not be responding to my, my prayers. No, he is responding to your prayers, but sometimes his response in our life feels more like resistance. Are you with me? Sometimes his, his response is, is a, a weight being put on us so that we'll be able to, to handle all that he wants us to handle in our life so we can build our, our muscle of, of faith. And if we're not careful, we might think that that resistance is God working against us when actually he's developing us. He's developing you. Because did you know this? Did you know God is really good at answering the prayer within the prayer? You know what I'm talking about? God, God is really good at answering the prayer behind the prayer. What do you mean, Colby? I mean, sometimes we'll pray, you know, God, expand my territory. God, bless me. God, God, do this. God, increase my influence. God, expand my business, whatever it is. And God's going, okay. But in order to do that, you're gonna need to develop some muscles that will carry the weight of that prayer that you are asking for. And so the, the prayer within the prayer is not, God, give me this, God, give me that. The prayer within the prayer is, God, I need you to develop me so that I can be in a place to handle all that is that you want to give me. Does that make sense? Some, like, some of you want to carry around 45-pound weights, but you only got muscles for 15s. That's what I'm talking about. All right? Some of you, you know, you, you want to curl 60s, but you should only be curling 30s because I've seen your form and you're going to hurt your back. All right? So sometimes God will answer the prayer behind the prayer. So Isaac is in this place of resistance. And the Bible says that God blessed him and he became wealthy. In fact, it says he became very wealthy. And I know some of you are like, give me that. I'll take that very wealthy. Okay, but don't miss this. It was his wealth and the blessing of wealth that made the king come up to him and say, hey, you gotta go. You gotta leave. It was the, 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 the blessing of God that got him kicked out of the nation, that moved him on to a new season, which by the way, this is one of the ways that you know it's time for a change of season in your life. It's time for you to, to move on because you have outgrown the previous season that you are in. But because God's blessed you and he's growing you, you're finding out 
then maybe some people in your life don't want to be around you anymore because you're, you're moving out of one season to the next season. You know what I'm talking about? And not that you're, God ever wants you to, to not love people. I think you always love people. But let's say, for example, sometimes it could be used to those people would hang out with you because you were bitter. And because they like being bitter with you and talking bitter, but God's doing a work inside of your life and now you're becoming free of that bitterness and so they don't like to hang around anymore. You know what I'm talking about? Or it could be used to gossip and tear people down and have this negative spirit in your heart and now they don't wanna come around you because you're getting free of that. So God's been doing something inside of you. So sometimes, sometimes it's the blessing of God that causes you to leave one thing to go to the next thing. And the blessings of God can, can actually feel like, like a burden. I wonder if any of you have been there. God, I'm blessed, but I'm lonely. God, I'm blessed, and, and I know I should be thankful that I'm blessed. In fact, I feel guilty that I'm not thankful, God, but this blessing is, is exhausting, and I'm exhausted because I know that you've blessed me. Maybe I'm just preaching to me today. God, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, and I'm, I've been praying for this thing that you've, you've given me and all that you've done, but, but this blessing comes with some weight. This blessing that I've been praying for, God, has led to some pain that I was not prepared for. Are you following me? Sometimes the blessing can feel like a, a burden, and we'll, we'll think of it in terms of that if we don't keep it in the right perspective. And the reason that Isaac was kicked out of the nation was because God had blessed him, because God made him wealthy. And did you know it's possible for, for us to begin to curse the very thing that we have begged God to do in our life? The very thing that we've asked God to, to bless us with, like, like you could be on your knees crying out, God, do this in my life. God, open this door. God, move this mountain. And then God opens the door, but he also brings the responsibility that comes with that open door. You know what I'm saying? That, that weight that you carry, it feels more like a burden, even though we've been begging God to give us that blessing. And now we're complaining about the very thing that we're begging for. And I would say this, could it be that the reason God is not moving in the current thing in your life that you are asking him to do is because you're still complaining about the thing that he gave you the last time? Oh, Y'all don't wanna hear this today. That's okay, that's okay. The blessing of God can become very common to us. And when it becomes common to us, we begin to see it more like a, a burden than a blessing. You, you prayed for that family and now you're complaining because you're having to parent. You prayed for that financial breakthrough and now, and now you're complaining because God wants you to be generous with what he's given you. In fact, you're supposed to be a, a conduit to have what, what he's given you flow through you to the world around you. You prayed for that, that marriage, you prayed for that husband, now you're complaining because he doesn't wanna pick up his socks. Come on, I'm coming all up in your house today. He doesn't want to move his dishes from the sink to the dishwasher. You're like, he's going to grow legs and get there on his own. That's what my wife tells me. So we complain about the blessing that God gave us because the blessing can feel like a burden. Colby, why is that? Why do blessings feel like burdens? Because they come with weight. Because they can be heavy. And the greater the blessing that God gives you, the heavier that burden seems. Why? Because God will not create a life for you where he is not needed. 
God will not bless you to a place in your life where you no longer need him. That's the whole point of of God blessing you. He wants you to be dependent upon him. So the blessings of God bring a greater uh, uh, weight in your life. And that greater weight should drive you to your knees, right? So that you can be more dependent upon God. And the more dependent you are upon God, the more he blesses you. And the more he blesses you, the more that weight drives you to your knees. And then you become dependent upon God. Are you with me? The blessings of God are never meant to, to pull you away from God. They're meant to push you toward God more. But sometimes they become common. We can see them as, did you know your, your life in Christ can, can feel common? And do you know what kind of blessing it is? Can, let me ask you this. Do you remember the moment you crossed the line of faith? Hey, do you remember the moment, and maybe you haven't had this moment yet, but your eyes were, were open to the fact that, that your sin separated you from God, which were all sinners, and you realized that you didn't have to carry around guilt or shame anymore. You realize that Jesus took all of your sin as a penalty when he paid for it on the cross with his own blood. Do you know that can even become common? We forget that he's done. Do you know church can become common? I'd say it even if I wasn't the pastor of this church. I believe this is an uncommon church. But church can become common. We can start going through the motions. You can start showing up. I know what to expect today. We're gonna sing some songs and then, you know, we're gonna, he's gonna come out, he's gonna preach for a little bit. And I, I might take notes, I might not take notes. He might be funny, he might not be funny. He might, you know, I might watch online, I might not watch online. I'm always funny, by the way, just so you know, right? <laughs> See, he told you, you proved my point. But even that can become common. I know what to expect. Did you know God can become common? And can I remind somebody here today, he is not a genie in a lamp that you rub whenever you need him. That he is a sovereign creator of the universe. He is the beginning and the end. He is the great I am. Come on, he is, he is the first and the last. He's the, the lion and the lamb. You with me? He is above all and in all and through all. He is worthy. He is holy. Let's not let God become common in our life. But blessings can feel like burdens when we allow them to become common. And the Bible says that Isaac began to grow in wealth. And so he had to move. And so as he moved, he was determined to reopen the wells of his father because the enemy closed them up. The Philistines put dirt in them. And by the way, this was strategy. This was strategy because if you wanted to choke off the supply that you needed in order to sustain the blessing of the cattle, of the herds, of the servants, right? You would, you would clog up the supply chain. You would, you would clog it up. It, the, the water wells were, the, were, were necessary for survival, much like the, the heart inside of the, uh, our bodies, right? They're necessary because everything springs from them. And they didn't just need water. They needed living water. So they needed fresh water below the earth, this running, flowing water. So they dug down deep until they hit it and they began to reopen the wells because the enemy knew if he could choke off the supply, then he could choke off the, the, the blessing. And I would propose to us today that if we're gonna make ready our hearts, if we're gonna put ourselves in a position where our heart really is the wellspring of our life, that everything flows out of, that you and I are gonna to need to tap into a greater source, a source of living water, 
In fact, that's what the, the word says. You know, Jesus said, I have water that you don't even know about. I have living water that will, will sustain you. And so that's what we need to tap into. However, the enemy wants to clog up the arteries of our heart so that it can't flow from our heart to our, our lives. And I'm just believing today that somebody in this room is gonna, is gonna get a shovel and you're gonna start reopening some wells. You're gonna get a scalpel and you're gonna have some open heart surgery in your life to reopen some arteries so that everything can flow from your heart to your body. And I know this next part might feel a little bit old school, but I'm just telling you this is what works. And I don't ever want you to, to misunderstand that just because we have some lights and some haze and a video wall, all that kind of stuff, this church is founded on biblical principles. We believe that the God's word is the only authority for our life. So don't ever get confused. I'm old school at heart. And so this is gonna seem a little bit old school for us, but I think there needs to be some arteries of our heart reopened. Like, first of all, write this down, the artery of the word of God. Come on, we need to reopen the artery of God's word in our life. And here's what I mean by that. If the only word that you receive is the one you get here on Sunday is not enough. You have to get a, a word from God Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like you cannot, you cannot eat one meal a week and have strength all week long. You cannot, you cannot have God's word in your life, in your spiritual heart once a week and have strength for everything that's gonna come against you because there will be resistance. And you need to hide God's word in your heart so that you have a place of strength to stand on, to, to stand firm when the, the storms of life blow. Otherwise, you're gonna get knocked down like a piece of paper. And if you only eat once a week, you will be spiritually emaciated not able to withstand what's coming against you. But if you will reopen that artery of God's word and let it flow from your heart to your, to your life, to the world around you. Listen, I've just discovered that in my life, when those days come, like, thank God I had parents that taught me to hide God's word in my heart, to keep it there because something will happen and it'll just pop into my mind. Like out of nowhere, I wouldn't even have, have read it perhaps in months or even years, but because it was rooted in my life, it was planted in my heart. Some of you need to plant God's word deep in your heart. Maybe you don't need to reopen an artery. You need a complete bypass, right? And start a new habit of getting God's word deep into your soul hiding his word so that you might not sin against God. The, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Can I tell you, you cannot build your life on pop culture. You cannot build your life on what CNN says. You can't build your life on what Fox News says. You can only build your life on the firm foundation that is God's word. It's God's word. Again, I know this sounds old school, but his word is powerful. It's like a two-edged sword ready to cut through the issues that you and I face in this life. His word will sustain you. His word will strengthen you. Like when you feel like you're all alone, like you are moving from one season to the next, and that's my prayer for you. 
but you feel like there's resistance coming in your life. And you're looking around like, where did everybody go? Where did all my friends go? No, God's word says he will, will never leave you. He will never forsake you. That he will stick closer than a brother. Are you with me? Like when all hell is breaking loose in your life and you're like, what is happening in the world is chaos, which it has been. No, God's word says he works all things together for my good, for those who love him and called according to his purposes. When you don't know which way to turn, you don't know the direction to take. No, his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Are you with me? We gotta hide God's word. We gotta reopen that artery of God's word in our life. We also have to reopen the artery of worship. Worship. And I'm not talking about how high you can raise your hands or how loud you can sing. I know some of you can sing loud. Maybe even too loud. No, I'm just kidding. I'm talking about what gets your heart's affection and your mind's attention Monday through Saturday. I'm talking about are you as loud about your love for God as you are about your love for Buffalo Bills? And I know they won, and that's good. I'm I'm excited about that too. But don't tell me you don't worship. Colby, that's just not who I am. I'm just not emotional. Okay, I'll watch a game with you. That's what I'm talking about. Some of us um, turn to Instagram before we turn to God's word. Some of us, it's our job that gets our mind's attention and our heart's affection. It's our our children. It's our hobbies. It's our, our money. And I'm not saying those are inherently bad. I'm just asking you, what is preeminent in your life? What is first? What has the best parts of you? Who has the best parts of you? Seek God first and his kingdom and then all these other things will be added to us. We need to reopen the artery of worship and have our day just be saturated in the presence of God. That's what Paul says. Paul says, hey, you need to pray always. Pray without ceasing. Colby, does that mean I have to, you know, walk around on my knees on knee pads all day long? No. What it means is you are in this constant state of conversation with God that you check in with God before you check in with your email. You check in with God before you check in your your news feed or before you check in with your social media that you check in with God first. So where's my my heart's affection, my mind's attention? Because if I don't do this, if Colby doesn't do this, not even talking about you, if I don't open up that artery of worship in, in my life, I will not have this flow of gratitude in my life that will allow me to, to, to sustain the blessings of God and the blessings will become burdens because I'm not grateful for them, because I don't remember them. But when I open up this, this artery of worship, like, I need this. I, I, can't, I can't lead my family. I can't lead a church. I can't, I can't do anything that God's entrusted to me unless I open up the artery of the word of God and I open up the artery of worship in my life. And neither can you. Some of you are, are still trying to sustain a heavenly blessing on earthly strength. And you can't do it. You were never meant to to sustain heavenly blessings on earthly strength. They're meant to drive you to a greater dependence on God. Here's the last one. I'll give you one more. Three wells that we learned about, Sitna, Asik, and Rehoboth. So I'm giving you three arteries. And I'm not even gonna give you names for these because like technical names, because I don't know, I don't know. But the artery of faith. 
the artery of faith. Can I ask you something? When was the last time you attempted something for God that if he didn't show up, it wouldn't happen? When was the last time you prayed such a bold, audacious kind of prayer that God would have had to move a mountain on your behalf in order for it to happen? And I say that because we can get into this autopilot kind of mentality where we're just kind of coasting through life. And I understand that a little bit. You'd say, Colby, well, I'm here. I'm breathing. Colby, I came to church. You know, I'm a Christian. Maybe. I love God, maybe. I'm breathing. Can I tell you something? I'm glad that you're breathing. I'm glad everybody here is breathing. There's a big difference between breathing and living. And God's word tells us he wants us to be fully alive. Tells us that without faith, it's impossible for us to please him. And I know the last two years, it's really hard for us to have faith. And I understand the hesitancy for for asking God for big things because all we've heard the last two years are, do this, no, 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 don't do that. Wait, take this, no, 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 don't take that. Two weeks to flatten the curve, no, 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 it's gonna be here forever. And so I understand the hesitancy on our part to believe God for greater things, for bigger things. But can I tell you something? Uh, A hesitant heart will not be fully blessed by God, but a faith-filled heart will. Faith-filled heart. A heart that says, God, I still believe that you are the God of the impossible. I still believe that you are the God who can, who can part seeds and, and move mountains. I still believe that you're the God that can heal sicknesses and diseases. I still believe you're the God that no matter if I see it or not, I'm not going by what my eyes see. I'm gonna walk by faith and not by my sight because without my faith in you, it's impossible. Somebody needs to reopen the artery of faith in their heart so that faith can flow through your life and into your mind, and so you begin to believe again and, and live again and believe to believe God is a God of more. Now, I'm just, I'm waiting for a church that will be determined to say, you know what? We believe God's gonna move in this generation. We believe God is gonna heal marriages. He's gonna break addictions. We just believe God is the God of immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Does anybody believe that today? So Isaac, dug open the wells. He dug open the wells of, of, of Asik. First it was Essek, right? And that was a well of dispute, which means there were, there were critics there. Another translation says criticism or critics. Can I tell you something? As soon as you begin to, to reopen some arteries in your life, you will have critics. You will have people that say, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are with that kind of faith? Who do you think you are to think you can get into God's word that way? Who do you think you are? You will have critics in your life, but can I tell you something? You have to move past Essek or you'll never get to Rehoboth. And so then it went to, to Sitna and Sitna means accusation or, or uh, accuser. And you know what the Bible calls our spiritual enemy? The great accuser. 
And that well will stop you in your tracks because the accuser will want to attack you first internally and say, who do you think you are? I know what you've done. I know your past. I know the things that you did this last week. I know what's going on in your mind. And he'll want to accuse you internally. And then people will accuse you externally. But you can't stop at Sitna. You have to keep moving and keep digging and then get to Rehoboth. Because what did Rehoboth mean? Place of room. Place of plenty. Place of more than enough space for God to do what he wants to do in your heart and in your, your life. And I just believe God wants to take you to Rehoboth. In fact, here's what I believe. is Some of you, you are one incision away. You are one shovel full of dirt away from Rehoboth. From breakthrough from getting to a place of more than enough, if you would reopen the artery of God's word, if you would reopen the artery of worship, if you would reopen your faith, would you stand to your feet? We're gonna pray and worship. And like I said, we're gonna give us time and space to do just that. God, I pray right here and right now that you would once again make clear to us who is ultimately in control and so, God, I pray that we would look to you right now in this moment. God, that we would know that you are greater than any enemy attack that wants to get us. God, we would know that that resistance is not meant to destroy us, but meant to, to set us up, God, for, for the next season in our life. And so, God, whatever it is that we're facing, we understand that's not our fight. That's not our battle, but the battle belongs to you and you alone. And so, God, right now, we come before you and say, we know, we know that battle. That battle's yours. That battle's not ours. And so, God, would you continue to do surgery on our hearts, giving us faith and giving us eyes to know that you are victorious. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's sing. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast, and we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There'll be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.